welcome to this week's episode of Not D&D, brought to you by EN World Live. I'm your host, Jessica, as always, and we have a guest who wasn't afraid of me last time because they have returned, Ken. Welcome back, Ken. Thank you so much for having me back. Really, really pleased to be here. Of course. Well, I'm having you back because I heard about the game that is on the screen right here, right now, uh, Void uh, 1680 AM or 1680 AM. How would you say? Uh, I'd say 1680, but I've heard it both ways. So whatever's comfortable. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was excited about this. We're going to talk about uh, this today. And it's uh, because I'm getting into solo journaling games at the moment. And I kind of, I'm not a huge fan of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of realized that I could just record myself talking when doing these games because there's there's no rules not to. And so I was kind of interested in that. And this game is obviously about radio and things like that. So I was like, this absolutely could fit into that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the, the game we're going to be talking about at the moment. This is pre-recorded. So if you're watching us live, unfortunately, we can't take your questions live. Um, but I plan to be in the chat. So if you have any questions for me to write down, I'll try and answer and put links in as we go live. And if you're listening to the podcast, any links that we talk about will be in the show notes. Um, but Ken, last time when I have people on, I normally ask you know, what's your history and background with role-playing games? When did you start gaming? But if people are interested in that, they can go back and listen to the last episode you are on. Mm-hmm. So this week, instead, I'm going to ask you about your um, history and background with solo journaling RPGs, because I think sometimes that's quite niche, even in the RPG kind of sector. So could you talk about how, yeah, how you got into it? Sure, yeah. Uh, it was uh, pretty much by accident. Uh, a friend of <laughs> mine, uh, his name is Ryan K. Lindsay. He's a comic book writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started working on these one-page solo RPGs mm-hmm. based on a system called Second Guest System. Mm-hmm. Uh, very simple, and, and he basically created and, and, and positioned them as writing tools, something to get you started um, to write a story. Because he also writes, I mean, he writes all kinds of things, uh, all kinds of mediums. Uh, and uh, I just really liked the idea and, and my you know typical response. I see that, see that sort of thing. I want to break it down, see how it works. Um, so I played through a couple of his games. I checked out the system. It was based on a couple of those games uh, and did a couple myself that were just like one page. You know, I've got them up for like two bucks or sure. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to explore different ways uh, uh, to use that particular system. And I just found mm-hmm. I really liked it. Yeah, um, cool. uh, shortly after that, uh, I started reading more solo games, uh, most especially The Wretched and then uh, Long Haul 1983, which is based on The Wretched, mm-hmm. uh, and both have audio log components, and that and, mm-hmm. a, and another uh, a book I've been reading at the time kind of collided uh, okay. into my first kind of like full-length one. Um, Amazing. Yeah, called Lighthouse at the End of the World. And mm-hmm. that really, people seemed really like that, and that was very much the, I'll do the games that are, you know, like big group fun, you know, big hooky, easy-to-pitch type things, and then I'll do the games that are kind of for me. And Lighthouse was one of those, and people really seemed to love it. So that just, yeah, just inspired me to keep going, essentially. Fantastic. So mm-hmm. one question I get from people that haven't played any kind of solo journaling games is kind of people say, oh, well, it's like an, it feels like an inherently social thing to me. What, what mm-hmm. do you get out of solo RPGs? Uh, so they're both kind of, uh, the two that I've done, and especially this one, uh, they're very meditative. And to me, this one, it doesn't have mm-hmm. a win or fail state. You can't lose. Uh, Mm -hmm. Void 1680 AM, it is specifically about uh, having you take a closer look at your relationship to the music that you love. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, in a a very practical way, I listen to a lot of music my entire life, Mm -hmm. uh, and I forget what I liked even five years ago in favor of what I'm listening to now. Sure. Uh, And a lot of these prompts were uh, um, a way to get me to stop and really think about first bands I saw live, first, you know, albums I ever purchased, um, something I shared in common with my parents or things like that to really start thinking back to the origin point mm-hmm. uh, of, of my love for music and, and also to, to, to break out of that mold of just what have I been listening to lately. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, it is very much intentionally uh, within the setting, within the fiction of the game, uh, when it's the gameplay, it's about you being by yourself, um, sitting with yourself, you know, looking at these prompts, uh, seeing what emerges from them, uh, and and seeing what kind of narrative you end up building with the songs that you pick. Amazing. So, well, we kind of skirted around the issue, but I think it's time to kind of dive in now. <laughs> sure. So tell us, give us the pitch. You kind of have a little bit, but what's what's the pitch? How do you describe Void at 1680 AM to people? Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a solo playlist building game. Um, so it puts you in the position of an AM radio operator, uh, kind of implied your way out alone somewhere in the countryside, uh, more mm-hmm. or less talking to yourself. Um, so you use pretty simple stuff, just a deck of regular playing cards uh, mm-hmm. and a D6 to build your playlist, um, which is uh, in basically four song blocks uh, and with breaks in between where you talk as the DJ character. And it's been very interesting to see people. Some people take it as a given that they should create a character and some people just speak as themselves. Yeah, um, I was, I was going to ask about that because I wasn't wasn't sure. Yeah. Does, the, does the game leave that open to your interpretation, then, I suppose? For sure. Um, okay. The first version of this game was very guided in terms of tone and you're this kind of character and it's kind of a spooky setting and all that and i really sat back and said okay that's how i would play this game yeah um but i don't necessarily want to dictate that for anyone else Mm -hmm. and so i leave many many things open-ended many many things kind of unspoken and i you know i think it's kind of informative for me and i hope for the players as well the assumptions they make and they go oh i should create a character for this oh i should do this that or the other Mm -hmm. oh i should stick to a genre or i should just do the music i love or whatever it is um it's it's kind of a Rorschach where people uh, interpret how best to play um, suits them, basically. Okay. But yeah, sorry, I interrupted your flow of, of explaining no. the game. But yes, yes, so people are playing, <laughs> you're playing the the the, the, the role or, or being yourself as yeah. this, um, yeah, person yeah, speaking you, into the void, yeah. Yeah, and the second, yeah, the second piece of it uh, is the callers. So using playing mm-hmm. cards, using the face cards in a, in a standard playing card deck, uh, those will mm-hmm. help you uh, create the personalities and the concerns of the people who call into your show. Uh, and there's real basic mechanics in there to determine if they're reacting to a song you're playing, if they're requesting a song for the next block. Uh, and one thing I threw in there, because initially this was going to be a one and done, you do one show, it's over. Uh, but mm-hmm. I did create a system at the end uh, to how, how to basically continue the stories of the callers. So if you pull the card, you talk about them and you write on the card, a very brief summary of whatever it is you talked about, family concerns, financial, you know, whatever it is. Um, there's ways there's tables. If that card comes up again in later playings, you evolve their story. Um, so something's changed. What happened to them since the last time you talked to them? And then you kind of build up, uh, and kind of figure out what happens to them. And then it concludes. So there is this one, you're having a dialogue yeah. with yourself over music, but the the second mm-hmm. piece is you're sort of creating these characters and, and almost having conversations yeah. with extensions of your own imagination. Yeah. So so even if you are playing as yourself, like you interpret it that way of like, okay, this is gonna be me if I were that, you are still role playing and creating characters by extension with your callers. So that's that's a really interesting point. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Well, I love the concept of it, and this is definitely something I'm gonna play. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your inspiration to kind of create it? Do you have a, a relationship with kind of radio or disc yeah. jockeying or? Um, yeah. So outside of gaming, uh, I've always, uh, loved the romance of radio. Um, mm-hmm. uh, since I was a kid, I, you know, the oldest bookmark I have in my browser I've been carrying for about 20 years is how to buy an AM radio station. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did for a hot minute, uh, a couple of years actually uh, work at a radio station here in town. Um, okay. Nothing fancy. It was on the, on the promo team, but I went to a lot of events, uh, mm-hmm. jumped in a lot on a lot of shows and read commercials and things like that. Just, just very much on the fringes, but there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked the 
it's in a way, even though it's not that old as a, as a medium, it felt, it feels kind of old school. It feels kind of romantic. It feels kind of, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it, just this like almost a relic, but something that's still very easy to do, very accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always just stuck with me, uh, it, that, that image of the person alone in the booth, um, yeah. uh, talking and just kind of laying it all out there because they feel the need to express themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then within gaming, um, really it was, uh, both the wretched and long haul 1983, because they have that audio log component, which mm-hmm. to me is such a different feeling. My previous solo game lighthouse was a journal writing exercise. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a writer. I don't need that much help pushing me to mm-hmm. write. But yeah. this having a performance aspect um, to me felt very different uh, in that way. Okay. It's not just writing something down. You, you, whether it's yeah. yourself, a character, whatever, you have to come up with what you're going to say. Um, and then uh, Anamnesis really, uh, Sam Lee games in general, yeah. um, the solo ones, uh, especially the structure, the act structure that you can find in those. Yeah. Um, that really helped me figure out kind of the the movements of this from song block to song block. Like it really just said, oh, okay, here you go. Um, because in the development of this, I really was, okay, so you have this blob of songs, now what? Uh, mm-hmm. And then this enemies uh, uh, especially gave me kind of a structure for mm-hmm. not only making it uh, bite-sized as you go and you can take breaks and, and come back tomorrow and have like a logical uh, pickup point, um, but also just to give a, a framework for like the story you're telling over the playlist. Amazing. Oh, well, if people are interested in Anamnesis and want to hear more about that game, we do actually have a Not D&D episode where we had Sam on to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check that out if you're if that has piqued your interest in that game. Um, but it was really interesting what you said. I want, I want to come back to you because I kind of said at the beginning, solo journaling games turned me off because I'm, I'm not a writer. Mm-hmm. I'm also really dyslexic. So the idea of writing something out, I was like, ah, no. <laughs> and so the concept of being able to just to speak and perform it. And when I realized I could just do that as a get around, was really interesting. But I find it so interesting you say that it's a really different experience writing opposed to speaking and performing like in in what sort of way like how is playing a solo game writing opposed to to speaking out what makes it quite different yeah it's uh for me the journaling games uh you can be really deliberate and slow with it if you want to really think about it and that's Mm -hmm. the trap i fall into is overthinking them Uh um but yeah i want to build up the structure i want to write in the voice of this character i want to make sure i'm hitting all the things in the prompts and kind of their implications yeah. Uh, and it's it's a different kind of brain exercise, I think. Um, this one, even though in theory you can take your time, figure out, script your breaks if you want to and read them, to me it's the improvisational nature. You have the basic prompts of what your caller talked about. You have whatever uh, moved you based on the prompts to choose the songs you chose on the previous block. And then you just got to go. Um, and there's a sort of um, that lack of preparation where you have to just jump and go. And there's, you know, most of the prompts have very specific questions that are kind of leading you in somewhere or, or another to explain why did you pick this song when posed with this prompt? Um, yeah. is I just want to get people talking. And, and I feel yeah. like, uh, you know, the idea of this, if you're a voice, if you're alone, if you're broadcasting to who knows what, they're not seeing your face, all that, you're just, you could, you're a little freer, I guess, to just say uh, what comes naturally. And I think I wanted um, yeah. I wanted some of that, just that, that yeah. permission to be vulnerable about mm-hmm. the things that you love. Yeah. I like the sound of it. I just think it's interesting because I've not done the writing version of solo journaling. I was like, I wonder what I'm missing out by not mm-hmm. doing that experience. And I think, yeah, I think it's really great to hear from you who's thought about it very deeply in, in designing this game. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that you thought about, um, you've chosen to be AM opposed to FM on the radio. Is, is that intentional? Does that have a meaning or is that attached to it? Cause I'm, I'm not as au fait with radio, so I'm not sure if that has an implication. Sure, yeah. Um, at least in the U.S. Um, so AM's uh, um, 
very broadly, sim <laughs> simply speaking, uh, mm -hmm. it's cheaper, it's easier, it has much shorter range. FM is where okay. kind of the rock stations live and all that. And that's, okay. especially I live in Dallas, Texas, it's a very competitive radio market. You're not getting okay. an FM station unless you've got $50,000 and a lawyer. Okay. Uh, whereas AM, uh, as long as you're under a certain like power output, basically, as long as you're only broadcasting with a certain range, you can do whatever you want. There's, it's not against okay. law, it's whatever. So it, to me, one, one, I, I, I created this radio station for myself in my garage before I ever even thought about writing this game. Uh, okay. and, and AM is the only thing you can legally buy like a transmitter and tower and all that for, uh, okay. in the first place. But to me, that kind of spoke to that sort of like, you know, individual rebel radio spirit. Um, where it's you by yourself and it's only you deciding what goes out there. And, and to me, it has that parallel to indie game publishing where you can just decide yes. what is the thing that I want to do if I don't have to make any compromises, if I don't have to, you know, take any notes um, from money people or whatever uh, and just do the thing I want to do. Uh, and that you to see. me is kind of that spirit I'm tapping into uh, with AM radio specifically. FM is so protected and so costly. Mm -hmm. It's kind of very heavily monitored. Uh, sure. And very heavily like program directed and just like kind of a lot of souls been squeezed out of it. Um, yeah, AM, yeah. yeah. AM, you can just kind of do whatever. Uh, and that's really what I, what I wanted that really spoke to me. Yeah, that sounds great. And I love that comparison you drew between like mm. bigger game publishers, maybe like people that, that would not come on the show, for example, <laughs> and then indie game <laughs> publishers, uh, not to mention any names. Um, talking about the game as well. So I wanted to touch on the artwork here because there's a lot of this, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, this is not going to be as <laughs> you can't see what I'm showing, but it's kind of like, uh, okay, do you want to describe the artwork and on why you chose it actually? Sure. Yeah. So a lot of the style of the book itself, I mean, it's very dry, very technical yes. manual. And I basically pulled yes. from a, an old 1940s, how to build a radio uh, mm -hmm. guide. Yeah. Um, so like little page dividers and all that are straight out of that PDF and, and the radio diagrams were part of that. And I was trying to figure out how can I like juice this up a little bit. Uh, and I was talking to a friend of mine, Dylan Todd, who's credited as, as the designer here. So he basically bashed together different diagrams, like existing radio diagrams and other technical diagrams to make things that were, they look, oh, okay, these technical diagrams look complex and interesting, but you start to look at them and they just don't make sense. Uh, okay. And that's on purpose. Like they're just confusing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of gives you that air of strangeness to it. Um, you know, mm -hmm. they the, the longer you look at them, the weirder they get. This one's got light bulbs and hands with soldering irons and there's a house mm -hmm. there. And another one has, um, yeah, a, a guy in like a, a, a tabletop, like, like a fan going, like they're just kind of weirder the more you look at them. Uh, and that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted this, this suggestion of dryness that this is a very technical, yeah. um, like artifact you found almost. Uh, but mm -hmm. the closer you look, the weirder it gets, uh, I think is kind of the thing that Dylan and I settled on. And I think that's going to echo in the game with, mm -hmm. with the, the stories, I imagine. So mm -hmm. what, um, well, like you said, you the setting and things, you've left very open to people's interpretation. So they could do, you know, whatever they want with it. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, with, with the game, like we talked a little bit about how the, the mechanics, you'll need a deck of cards, you'll need a D6. So how does it actually play out? Like what's the, what's the structure? What does the session look like? Sure. Uh, yeah, I've got a prompt up front that kind of like asks you to sit for a minute and think about, you know, who is this person? Is it you? Is it mm -hmm. a persona? What kind of station are you going to settle on a genre or a decade or just keep it wide open or whatever? Just some, not even telling you to answer questions, just like, hey, think mm -hmm. about this. Yeah. Uh, and then you you go into it. Basically, you have your deck of cards that you break up by all the suits, and then face cards are their own pile. So you have five mm -hmm. uh, 
spades, diamonds, mm-hmm. uh, hearts, clubs, and then the face cards. Uh, and then the song blocks are very structured. Um, you start with diamonds um, and, uh, excuse me, with clubs. Yes, you start with mm-hmm. clubs. Um, you draw three cards. You shuffle. You draw three cards from that. You 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 look at the prompts for that suit, um, and you pick kind of based on those questions. Questions are very open ended. It's it's you know um, what's a song you know what's a what's an us song you used to share with someone you're no longer in a relationship with something like that, uh, or you know what's a, a band that you. Uh, that you liked that you hid from your parents was it silly to do that you know or or was it a good thing that you hid that from your parents Mm -hmm. um just to like really hit these kind of very specific emotional beats times in your life um uh you do those three you play those three and and this to me is very important is i want you to sit and listen to the songs you picked in whatever order you arrange them in for that three song block um and at that point as you're listening um you draw a face card for your caller and the face card tells you approximate age uh, mm-hmm. And then you roll a d6, and based on a few tables from that, uh, it's what mood are they in? What are they calling about? Is it financial concerns, family? Is it a new relationship? Is it a relationship ending? Uh, these kinds of things. They're, um, it's that trick you always try to hit when you're writing these games where it's pretty open-ended, but also pretty specific. Like, I want to hit a very particular reaction in you, um, but whatever each individual player's reaction is will probably be different from the next player's. Okay. Uh, and it just repeats like that for four song blocks. Um, and there's instructions in there for how to do like your intro for the whole show and how to do your outro at the end. Uh, and then, uh, and then the rules in the back for, if you come back and play again, how to like evolve the stories, uh, of the people who are calling in to talk to you. Yeah, that sounds really great. And how long does it take kind of to play? Is this like, you like, you said it can be, you can make it episodic if you want to, or it can be a one shot. So what sort of. Yeah, uh, I settled on about 12 songs because at least in my experience, that tends to be about 50 minutes to an hour on the long side. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on how intentional you are and how, because some folks have told me they, they could spend a long time picking songs based on the prompts where they just go with their gut instinct on each one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really can take you anywhere from about that hour, including songs and you talking between them if you're just going off the cuff um, to if, you just, if you're much more deliberate and you script what you're talking about between breaks and all of that. Uh, I can go much longer. Um, Dylan, who designed the diagrams, did a show, the most recent broadcast I, I put out there. And he did, he fully scripted his callers and he performed his callers and then used voice modulation to change their voices so, and edited it all together. So in his breaks, he was talking to himself or like complete with interruptions and things like that. It was pretty crazy. You do not have to go to that extent to play. <laughs> uh, but but that, that option is available for you. But generally speaking, about an hour, hour and a half. Um, and if you want to go longer, that certainly an option. Amazing. Yeah, that sounds really, uh, that seems far less intimidating a time frame to sit mm-hmm. down and, and give it a try out for, for sure for an hour or two. That sounds really good. One thing I noticed you, I, I noticed when I was looking through the details, you mentioned about using others' voices in the game. Sure. Uh, how, how does that work? Um, so to me, backing up a little bit, the theme of the game so much is about, mm-hmm. I mentioned that indie game designer kind of vibe. You're just doing the thing mm-hmm. you want to do. Yeah. It also speaks to me about the general creative process. You're putting things out mm-hmm. the, out there. You never know who's listening to you, and you just keep mm-hmm. doing it because that's what you got to do. And the responses you get sometimes are pretty surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, this felt like an opportunity to to build a community of lone voices, uh, mm-hmm. basically like loners out there and 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 kind of communicating communicating with each other. So yeah, one of the sort of like extended systems I have in there. Uh, is if you want to be a caller that other people use on their show, if they don't know how to, if they don't want to invent someone, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I just have a Dropbox folder going 
of people uh-huh. call in. I've got a number set up in, in the game itself that you can call, leave a voicemail. I'll vet it first. And as long as it's not like, super profane or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll, I'll, yeah. Yeah. I'll be, me, as long as it meets basic standards of decency, <laughs> R-rated is fine, but you know, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll throw it in the Dropbox folder and just let people pick them and use them for their own games if they want to. Um, it's a chance again, if, if it, if people get the performance aspect down and they find they really like it, uh, it's a way to do that, to, to add to the game and kind of build the lore for other people to pull from uh, and, and kind of be delighted by Amazing. And uh, the link for that, I'm guessing, will be on the itch page where if people want to contribute or have a look at that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in the book as well. Um, yeah. I've got the, place. yeah. All the instructions are in there in the back. Basically, if you want to either have your show rebroadcast or if you want to become part of the caller library, it's all there and it's all online, Dropbox, whatever, publicly available files. Fantastic. So it can be something you do just for yourself as like a, a solo mm-hmm. exercise, or it can be something that you join this bigger community, which, um, Sounds really exciting to me and something I'm definitely very interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talked earlier about how you've left the theme open. Um, and for me, I don't know if this is me bringing my bias into it, but <laughs> when it said speak into the void, you never know who's listening. There was something a bit eerie and creepy about it. And my mind, the story I started telling to myself was like, there's something gone very wrong in the world where we have to be separate. <laughs> and there's a reason why we're so alone mm-hmm. and the awfulness of that. But I was wondering if if everyone else has lent into that or what other things people have done or yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't no, know what that I, says about me, but just <laughs> if you could share what other people have done. Well, it's uh yeah, no, I, like I say, I kind of leave it open to interpretation and it's, mm-hmm. you know, you can look at that cover and you can interpret as that dawn as that dusk, like what's the, mm-hmm. what's the vibe. And I, and it, yeah. uh, it does, I think people tend to read what you read into it and that's mm-hmm. probably unavoidable because that's my tendency as well. It's probably there. Okay. Uh, I tried to make it as neutral as possible, but mm-hmm. there is that little bit of, you know, it, it's funny you, you say that, the speaking to the void. For me, speaking to the void, you never know who is listening is ominous or it's encouraging. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and it's the experience I've had publishing games where I put something out there and six months later, someone will say, hey, this was great. Or, hey, I had a really good time with this. Or, hey, I made a really special connection with someone over this. And it'll be like that moment of like, oh, wow, I never expected this to happen. I never knew it would people would react in this way. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of about, it can be if you choose to take it that way about the joy of doing this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just speaking your truth and seeing who calls back, you know, who, who says me too, basically. Um, but no, it, it's, it's funny. The very first thing I did actually just put it out this past week is mm-hmm. I did a free caller expansion sheet, basically pages that would replace the caller sheets that are in the current book. Um, mm-hmm. And I did a much more intentionally strange and weird vibe to them because there was enough mm-hmm. of a like, Hey, <laughs> enough people have had that interpretation of it. So I decided to like, okay, let's just do it. Uh, let's do a color sheet that it's, it's one of those, it's not overtly supernatural monsters, whatever, but everyone who's calling in has clearly got issues. Uh, and it's kind of up to you <laughs> okay. how human or not human those issues are um, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and, and as for people whose broadcasts I've heard, they've really run the gamut on that. Um, they've gone yeah. from, you know, I had one that was pretty upbeat, like a mm-hmm. uh, country playlist. I had, um, Sean Drake of a couple of Drakes, uh, Drakes did one for his game uh, or his his company's game, uh, Dead Belt, which is sort of the space cowboy thing. And it was very much this like, uh, I am a voice floating in space, you know, a million miles from anyone uh, oh, kind wow. of vibe where there was this sort of like hopefulness to it, but very like, you know, just darkness everywhere, quite literally yeah. in space. Um, so I, I think cool. more often than not, people read it the way that you do. Um, but yeah, no, it, it has honestly been a range so far, which is pretty exciting to see. 
Okay, well, I'm I'm kind of I'm glad there's a range. So that's interesting, but I'm also glad it's not just me because if it's like Jess, that's so weird. <laughs> Everyone else has gone somewhere else. Get do it, talk about it in therapy, Jess. Um, but yeah, no, I I think it's really interesting from that perspective for it. Um, so, oh, I just blanked what I was going to ask you, but luckily we're pre-recording. <laughs> what what else do I need to ask you, Ken? Uh, I, I the affiliate broadcast, maybe, because um, I do the uh, where I rebroadcast people's. They basically people record a session, send it in to me, and then I'll broadcast it on the air. Okay, uh, cool. Do like a YouTube stream and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll lead into that. Okay, so this sounds uh, really great. And like we mentioned, you can do it something you, you do on your own or it's part of this community thing. Um, did you mention there was something about you rebroadcasting or, or sharing things people send in? Yeah, um, so I mentioned earlier, I, I've had this AM transmitter and, and tower longer than I thought to make a game out of it. It's just something I did mm-hmm. as a hobby. It's in my garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it extends all of two miles, not very impressive, uh, but that's what's legal. That's, you know, uh, before the FCC mm-hmm. shuts me down. Um, but yeah, no, I, I kind of added as a component, like because of that performance aspect, uh, mm-hmm. I also gave people a way to, if you've recorded a show, built a playlist, you're really proud of them and you want to put them out there, uh, just email me, uh, and I will put it up on my YouTube channel. I'll run the broadcast. I'll run your DJ breaks. I'll kind of give you an intro and outro. Um, and so far I've run four or five, four of them so far, four weeks in a row, okay, just on Sunday nights. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like people send in, uh, it's been whether it's the very baseline, here's my DJ break, you know, like uh, uh, audio files, and then here's my playlist, and I'll assemble them in order and, and play them. Mm-hmm. Um, or I mentioned Sean Drake earlier, like he did a full um, front to back playlist and, and this very like, I don't know, he really got into the performance of it. So I did mm-hmm. I have this old tube TV. So I, I did like a uh, space field going by since it was outer space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and Dylan did his show where he was uh, out in the desert, out in the Mojave Desert somewhere, and he did a full-on video for my TV that was all like desert footage at night, like cactuses and moon in the sky and old shacks and things like that. Like, and then again, uh, to your point, kind of had that ominous air to it. Had a little <laughs> bit of like, like the music was yeah. mostly upbeat and pretty, whatever. But the breaks got weirder as they went. Um, so he really got into this. Like, he's already talking about doing more and kind of building the story of his DJ character. Um, but yeah, it, it's basically just another way to give people a chance to express themselves. Um, and it's mm-hmm. as a music lover, it is exciting to get in playlists of stuff I haven't heard before or stuff I haven't listened mm-hmm. to in a long time, uh, and to hear their stories about why they picked those songs. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's really gratifying. I mean, it's, it's community building, but it's also on everyone's terms at their own pace. Like we're not all talking live. They build their show. They send it into me. Mm-hmm. I listen to it in private. I play it, you know, it's, 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 I don't know, messages in a bottle back and forth. Um, and I, I just, I don't know, it's been very exciting to do. Uh, and yeah, having four weeks in a row of stuff to, to play was more than I could have expected for sure. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like it's the perfect thing for like an actual play radio podcast sort of thing. Cause it, it's just, it leans into that so heavily. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad you have a way for people to share these stories. If they've made something, they're like, actually, I do want to share this. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Something's in place for that. So, uh, you mentioned it is available now. So where mm-hmm. pe- can people go to to find out more information or to to download a PDF or order a book? Where can they do that? Sure. Um, yeah. So of course I've got it on itch. I've got uh, my itch page has everything I've got and okay. the uh, yeah that that URL right there um, mm-hmm. has a link to where it's available elsewhere right now mm-hmm. in print. I believe it's only at Indie Press Revolution. Okay. Um, although various shops of course order from them, um, mm-hmm. so it might be it might be a quick game shop. I don't know. Uh, but you can order directly from them as a consumer if you like. Um, mm-hmm. I did have it at the Nave of Cups shop for a month, and then it sold out twice. 
Uh, and then it should be back in September. I think they're doing like a solo game month um, then. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's also on, on PDF uh, at uh, Drive Through RPG as well. Perfect. Well, those places they can people can pick that up because the best way to support indie tabletop RPG creators is to buy their stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, Ken, another uh, my last kind of question for you to kind of wrap things up is: mm -hmm. um, Do you have any recommendations for any other kind of indie tabletop RPGs? And I know we've mentioned Anamnesis already, so mm -hmm. maybe that will count as a reference. But do you have any others you'd recommend? Yeah, um, yeah. On the Soul Space right now, I, I really want to try out. I mentioned a moment ago Dead Belt, which has that that space cowboy kind of it, it's a little bit cowboy mm -hmm. bebop but it's a little bit i don't know there's darkness on the edges of it that i'm really interested because in, it has solo and then it okay. has mm -hmm. two-player mode uh and i mm -hmm. haven't i've got the pdf i've read it i haven't really started it yet and i do want to give that a try um and that you know to me I, I tend to to do solo games that are for lack of a better phrase down to earth and this one mm -hmm. will push me a little bit on that front to okay. go sci-fi find the humanity in that anyway and and you know and 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 do that. So that's, I, I think that's basically next on my list for solo games. Uh, but, you know, I mean, like Dicebreaker just put out a, a thing of 15 solo games, and I think I heard of maybe four of them. So I've got a lot. Oh, of wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I know the space pretty well. And yet, yeah, there were a bunch there I'd never heard of, or I'd heard of once six months ago and kind of forgotten about. Uh, Rune uh, uh, is another one I think I'm looking forward to checking out. And mm -hmm. one I know nothing about other than it's called Wreck This Deck. And I think you deface a deck of cards as you play. Very interested in that. And then there's yeah. you know, uh, Forgery, I think, is is the next one, which is uh, you're doing a paint by numbers of a painting uh, mm -hmm. of, I may be misrepresenting it, but okay. it's possessed or evil or something is wrong with this painting as you're creating it. Cool. Uh, and yeah, I'm just very interested to see how that works. I'm also super interested. So I'm going to check out that list and check out that Dicebreaker list as well, because mm -hmm. I'm just starting my journey into <laughs> solo RPGs. Um, so yeah, I'm just checking that as well. And I also for sure will be playing uh, Void 1680 AM and I'll probably send you mine when I do that as well for community Excellent. things as well when I when I get around to playing that. So Ken, thank you so much for coming back again. We'd be more than happy to have you on the show again when you have another game to share with us as you're always a wonderful guest to have on. Um, mm -hmm. So thank you very much for your time. And uh, thank you to everyone that came along to watch or listened and we'll be back next week with an episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that went well. Thank you so much to everyone who watched and listened. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Not D&D uh, with a new indie tabletop RPG for you to check out. Thank you very much for watching. Bye. Thanks, everyone.